podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's Friday. That means it's the weekend. Premier League football is back. This is the Two-Footed Podcast on October the 16th, brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is, of course, a VPN provider. Check out their services and products at libertyshield.com and use my code EPLVPN to get 20% off your hardware or software package. It's a Friday. It's the transfer deadline day officially because today is the day that everything has to stop. Uh, as things stand, it looks like West Ham will get the Ben Rama deal done. In other news, it looks like Harry Wilson is leaving Liverpool on loan to go to Cardiff. But outside of that, everything's a little bit quiet. So one of the things I thought I'd do today is have a look through the championship and There's a couple of players in the championship that I really expected to be in the Premier League by the end of the window, and it doesn't look like these guys are going to make it up. So I wanted to start with Norwich. They obviously sold Ben Godfrey to Everton and Jamal Lewis to Newcastle, but I have to say I'm massively surprised that Max Ahrens is still there, that Emi Buendia is still there, and that Todd Cantwell is still there. Todd Cantwell would have fit a number of Premier League clubs who could use a player of his ilk, a a creative player who can play wide, play central, really hardworking, really, really intelligent player, great movement, good touch of the ball, good passer. I'm really, really surprised he's still there. I have to say, genuinely, I thought Leeds would get that deal done. They've been linked strongly for a, a long part of the summer, and I did think that was one that would happen. Uh, likewise, Emi Buendia, one of the most creative players in the Premier League last year. Now, I actually thought he might go abroad. I thought there would be interest in him from Spanish clubs, French clubs, German clubs. But I think the price has scared a lot of teams off. Obviously, in, in those leagues, they haven't spent nearly as much as Premier League clubs have. But, you know, Leicester were looking for that left-footed player to play on the right-hand side. Buendia would have been a really good fit there. Obviously, they brought in Cengiz under on loan instead. Uh, and Max Ahrens is, is is just stunning to me. He's been linked with Bayern Munich and Barcelona this summer. It's believed that both of them tried to sign him. People have gotten very excited about Tariq Lamptey this year and, and how exciting he is. Max Ahrens is a better player than Tariq Lamptey. And if you look at Max Ahrens' season when Norwich came up from the championship last time, the 18-19 season, he was absolutely phenomenal. He looked like Danny Alves. Everything went through him. He was the primary playmaker from right back. His dribbling ability, his creative ability, he was just sensational. Uh, Him and Buendia on that right-hand side were just ridiculous. And the same last year, not quite to the same level, and that's largely down to Norwich not strengthening in the areas they needed to strengthen in. They didn't really get them any help, but Max Ahrens, to me, should be in the Premier League. 
I've said a couple of times now, I think United should be looking to move to more of a 3-4-3 or 3-4-1-2. And him being available would make that so easy for them. They just slot him in at right wing back, move Wan-Bissaka to right side centre back, where I think he's he'd be much better, much more comfortable, much more beneficial to them. I think Max Ahrens is just a top-end player. And if you're looking for a right-back, like, for example, if Liverpool wanted to move Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield, Max Ahrens is the right-back I'd want them to go and buy. Uh, West Ham could have gone in on him. With the money it looks like they're going to send, spend on, on Ben Rama, I think they'd have been better off buying Max Ahrens personally. I think you box off your right-back position for years to come unless you're going to make a massive profit on him. Um, next up then, Bournemouth. I mean, Nathan Aki has left and Callum Wilson has left, obviously, but there's still really, really good players there. And I'm really surprised there hasn't been more outgoings, uh, more big-money outgoings. Aaron Ramsdale obviously went to Sheffield United um, and, like I say, Wilson and Aki, but... You look at their squad, I mean, how how is David Brooks still there? He's another one that could have played for half the clubs in the league, he's the Premier League easily, adds creativity, adds guile, he'll add goals. Just a, a super, super talented player. Likewise, Jefferson Lerma, really good player, really good holding midfielder who can break play up. Now, he hasn't done much of it for Bournemouth, but I think that was down to Poor coaching, poor management. Uh, I've, I've said before, I think Eddie Howe lost sort of the run of what he really wanted to do. And unfortunately for Bournemouth, last season was just a disaster. But the other one I'm really surprised by is Lewis Cook, who you know made his England, England debut a couple of years ago. Um, if it hadn't been for the torn ACL, I think he would have become a regular in the England squad, if not a regular starter. And I, I'm stunned that nobody has taken the opportunity to pick Lewis Cook up this year. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the Premier League that could do with an upgrade in central midfield. And Lewis Cook would be that upgrade. He's clever on the ball. He's hardworking. He's a good ball winner. Really good sense of position. He's versatile enough. I think you could play him right back and get him through, and he'd get you through games if you needed him to. He's obviously played some games in the right of the midfield four as well. A little bit similar to what Koke does for Atletico Madrid, but obviously not quite to that level. Koke is one of the better midfield players in the world, but Lewis Cook's a really good player, and it's just it's shocking to me that nobody's come in and picked him up. Um, those three, I think those three, it's massive for Bournemouth to have kept them. I'm a little bit surprised that Josh King is still there, but... I'm not a huge Josh King fan. I don't think Josh King is really, he's not really the type that changes your level a whole bunch. Um, I think he's a solid squad player at the Premier League level, in truth. He's one that Bournemouth should have sold years ago and just decided to hang on to. uh, And his value will have cratered from where it was to where it will be now. And that's, you know, it's a little bit unfortunate. Um, and then Watford obviously coming down as well. And somehow Ben Foster is still there. I mean, I think a number of Premier League clubs could have done with Ben Foster as a backup goalkeeper. I'm stunned. And 
I mean absolutely stunned that they've held on to Ishmael Assar. I think it's massive that they have. He is going to do terrible things to championship defenders. Um, I think it's probably a good thing for him because it means he's not having the upheaval of another move. But I'm just stunned that nobody nobody jumped in from now. Somebody may still. It's twenty past eleven on the day of the deadline, so there are just under six hours. So maybe there's time for somebody to panic. Manchester United, maybe, uh, who've been linked, maybe they panic and just throw in a forty-five million pound bid just to get an extra body in a player they they could use, a player that would improve their squad. But, I mean, the fact that he's still there on deadline day. Now, Watford may well just say no. I mean, they've made a number of sales this summer, so they probably don't need the cash. But it is just, it's surprising that he's still there. Um, You look through the rest of their squad, and, you know, the likes of Troy Deeney, I I expected that he would leave, and it, it was roundly reported that he would leave, that they were happy for him to move on, that they, you know, they brought in Glenn Murray to sort of replace him as that, big body up front. Uh, Kapue, there was a a deal in place for him to go to Valencia, and that fell apart, which was a bit strange, not from Watford's part, from Valencia's part. Uh, Valencia have made an absolute mess of of this summer. But um, Tom Cleverley, I thought, might might want to leave. Now, I think Tom Cleverley is a championship-level player, but he might have had ambitions otherwise. You know, former England international, he's on... Substantial wages. It wouldn't have surprised me if if Watford had tried to find a deal with a lower end Premier League club like a West Ham, like a West Brom, and and you know move him on to there. Um, and then Joe Roden of Swansea. I'm just surprised he's still there because on deadline day it looked like Spurs were getting quite close to signing him. Now it appears like he will stay put, and I think it's come down to the asking price more than anything. Uh, by the sounds of things, Swansea want 18 million for him, which is a substantial lot of money. But he is a very good centre back. He's got a lot of learning to do, which is just natural for a young centre back. He's 22, but he's a full uh, full Wales international who's got real leadership about his game. I know for a fact that Liverpool have had interest in in him in the past, and. I really am surprised that no Premier League club has taken the opportunity to buy him. Again, West Ham, you needed a centre-back. You've needed one all summer. And there's one sitting there who's very, very good and would have improved you. Just like Ben Godfrey would have. But you sat and did nothing when he moved. They're obviously intent on signing Ben Rama. And allegedly that deal is going to cost them about $30 They could have signed Joe Roden and Rico Henry and solved their centre-back and left-back issues. But instead, they've decided to buy a left winger when they've just sold a left winger to West Brom and then let another left winger go to Porto, uh, at least one of whom is better than the guy they're going to be bringing in. And it's possible that in two years, Grady Diangana is better than him as well. Uh, And I I really like Ben Rama, but Felipe Anderson's a better player now. And... um, I'm just I'm amazed by the ineptitude of West Ham. I genuinely am. And whether it comes down to the manager or it comes down to the ownership and you know Ben Rama is just a sexy name that they've decided to spend on to keep the fans a little bit happier. I don't know. 
But Ben Rama is not the answer to West Ham's problems. West Ham already had a really good attack. They were top 10 attack in the league. Their issues are defensively, and they signed the right-back, Kufal, but what about centre-back? What about left-back? I mean, are you really going to rely on Masuaka again and Aaron Cresswell? Both of them are injured. Cresswell only looks good now playing left side of a back three. He really struggles when he's asked to play left-back because of the injuries he's had. It's it's strange to me that West Ham didn't didn't try for Joe Roden and Rico Henry. It really is. Because going into the summer, all the noise from them was, we want a left-back, we want a right-back, and we want a centre-back. That's what we want. And that was what they needed as well. I think they could use, could use a younger goalkeeper as well, but that's neither here nor there. So there hasn't actually been a whole lot of movement so far. This extra week that was given... Clubs haven't really taken advantage of it. There's been a couple of signings. Obviously, Carolyn Grant finally made his move to West Brom for around 15 million, which I believe is less than they'd previously agreed. So I'm not sure why Huddersfield held it all up. But it's a weird one. But he'll be a good player for, for West Brom. He'll get them the goals they need. But obviously, I think they've left themselves short at the back. Um, I thought there'd be a bit more business between the Premier League and Championship, if I'm being honest. Now, we may get a rush of things happening today. We may well get a a bunch of loans and maybe a couple of panic buys, but it doesn't look likely as things stand. Um, You sort of look at the situation and wonder if maybe certain Premier League clubs are being a little bit snobbish and they're looking down on the Championship as if to say, well, there's nobody there that can help us, but there's at least two players. There's, actually, there's three players in the championship that Manchester United could use. One as a starter, two as squad players. I think Liverpool could do with Joe Roden as a fourth centre-back. Spurs could do with him. I think City could probably use Rico Henry as a left-back. Maybe not as a starter, but certainly as as depth behind uh, Mendy and you know someone to challenge Mendy. You know, So the top Premier League clubs could use championship players without a doubt. Therefore, everybody below them could could as well. And as I said, like the likes of Lewis Cook, the likes of David Brooks, they could fit into most teams. Max Ahrens can fit into most teams. It's strange to me that there hasn't been more business. Um, bit of sad news that I saw today. Uh, Steve Finnan, the former Republic of Ireland, Liverpool and Fulham fullback, among others, he's played for their clubs, but they're kind of his most known teams, uh, is selling off his uh, memorabilia. He's selling his Champions League winner's medal. He's selling the the shirt he wore in Istanbul. He's selling a couple of other medals. He's selling the, the replica trophy, this mini replica trophy he was given of the Champions League, uh, all because he is in financial bother. So allegedly his brother has basically screwed him out of four million um in a property development fiasco. I just think it's it's so sad that he's left to have to sell off those medals. I really hope that Liverpool Football Club buy those medals or that, you know, some wealthy benefactor wants to buy the lot. I think I think he's looking for about twenty five grand for the lot. But I'd love to see Liverpool buy them and put them in the museum at Anfield and then at least Finnan has access to them um, or if you know if you could get a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe put together 
to help them out because it's you know it's hard when you see people that you've been big fans of um, fall in, on rough times and unfortunately for Steve Finnan he, he's found himself in rough times not quite as rough times obviously as others but you know it's all relative um, Marcus Rashford continues to become a more and more impressive human being he's once again trying to do the government's job for them because they refuse to do it themselves they have turned down his proposal to extend school meals through the next half term uh, without consideration, telling him basically it's not the government's job to feed children. What is the government's job then if you're going to just let people starve, especially children? Because the society that you've created makes it impossible for parents to feed their children because universal credit isn't nearly enough because the waiting list is too long. Um, it comes on the back of a story that Rashford actually retweeted about a young young woman with two children who took her own life after being made redundant and been told she might not be eligible for universal social credit. Um, Marcus Rashford, though, is spreading awareness about this issue and is doing everything he can about this issue well, the government sits and does nothing. And, you know, it's one thing when I criticize them for not investing in football or not bailing out football. That's not something they have to do. It's something they should do. But surely we can all get on board with feeding children. You might disagree that the, you know, that the football clubs deserve money. But surely we all agree that children deserve meals. That like that has to be just something we can all get down and agree with. We can all have different viewpoints. We can all have different political views, different sporting views, whatever. But surely to God, every single human being can sit down and say that children should not go hungry. Like that that's just surely something that is unanimously agreed on and approved across humanity. Children need feeding. Because if we can't all agree on that, then we may as well all just give up. Because society is ruined. The fact that it's taken a 22-year-old footballer to make it such a widely spoken about topic and not the government doing something about it that's made it you know a topic of conversation uh, an issue that we we view every day the fact it's marcus rashford it's just it's incredible to me and i know i've gone in a little bit hard in recent days on the british government because I, I do genuinely think they're just an incredibly inept group of people and i genuinely don't think they care about you the listener I don't think they care about anybody else except themselves. Uh, and I don't just think it's that government. I think it's most governments. Uh, I certainly feel it's the way with the Irish government, uh, with Mick and Leo. I just think the fact that Marcus Rashford is having to do this, it just speaks volumes about where we've gone wrong in society, how we've lost our way, how we've allowed so many children to fall into poverty in first world countries. You know, I can understand 
mass poverty in developing nations. That's part of why the developing nations. It's also something that obviously we need to address. But for it to be such a prevalent issue in first world countries is just amazing. Like it is mind blowing to me that we've allowed it to come to this. I don't understand how this has happened. I need someone to explain it to me. And I, I, there's nothing that drives me more insane than seeing people say, oh, it's a parent's job to feed their children. Yeah, if they, ca- if they can. And they are trying. Believe me, every parent out there is trying to feed their child. But the system won't let them. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Jobs have been lost by the bucket load. There's many, many more people on unemployment now than there was seven months ago. And some of those people have been told they're not entitled to anything. So what do you want them to do? There's plenty of people out there going hungry so they can feed their kids. And that is incredibly admirable. But should they have to do that? Is that the society we want? Is that how we all want to live? Like I say, Marcus Rashford, I mean, an incredible human being, a genuinely incredible human being. And I I do think if he ever stood for political office, I'd encourage everybody to vote for him. Um, You know, he's 22. He's, He's an absolute credit to his family, to his mother, to Manchester United, to the city of Manchester, to England on, on the whole, he is an absolute credit. And any small connection you have to Marcus Rashford, you should cling to and be very proud of the person that, that he has become. Um, but you should be ashamed of your politicians. Absolutely ashamed of them. Um, right, we'll wrap up because otherwise I could do another hour on that. Um Alan St. Maximum signed a new contract at Newcastle this week, and I, I think it's really important for Newcastle to have gotten this deal done because it shows, number one, it's a place players are happy to be because, you know, when he arrived, there was some question marks of, well, did he even know where Newcastle is? They haven't been a, a relevant team outside of England really since, you know, the early 2000s. Bobby Robson's time, he left, what, 2004? So... Since then, it's been a lot of topsy-turvy nonsense for Newcastle, a lot of up and down, relegations, promotions, etc., etc., but outside of England, not in, not wholly relative. So when St. Maximum was told, look, you're gonna, you've got this option to go to England and play for Newcastle, he would have been forgiven to ask, where is Newcastle, what is Newcastle? Um, and obviously, it's you know, if you're going to live in England, Newcastle is one of the colder places you can live. So for a kid from France, you know, it wouldn't have been the most easy of fit, but he's made it work. He's been tremendous since going there. They've obviously made it work. He's been happy to tie his future down until 2026. I will caution the last time Newcastle signed somebody to a contract this long was Alan Pardew, and that didn't go well. But I don't expect that problem this time. I think this is just really clever from Newcastle to get him locked down long term. I think they're going to get big bids for him at some point because he is super talented. I watch him play, and it reminds me of watching a young, most uh, young Sadio Mane play 
in that if he could find consistency in his game and more end product, I really think he could be a special player, like a, a really, really special player. He's um, he's obviously started this season quite well, and I think he's I think he's going to be be a really, really top player. Really do. Um, Chelsea were keen for a move for AC Milan's Gianluigi Donnarumma before signing. Uh, Edward Mendy and could still try to tempt him when his contract expires next summer. Uh, I mean, Donnarumma, he's, I think he's more reputation than player now at this point. He obviously, when he broke into that AC Milan team at 16, 17, he looked like he was going to be really, really special. And he is really special. He's a really good goalkeeper, but he hasn't, people expect him to be. And he's sort of stagnated a little bit over the last few years. A lot is to do with the nonsense around his contract, the fact that Mino Riola is his agent and Mino doesn't make anything easy on anybody. Um, but I don't know that I'd be prepared to deal with Mino for Donnarumma, if I'm being honest, because I think you see the nonsense with United and Pogba. And I, Pogba at his best would have been worth the nonsense. Pogba that they've gotten, definitely it hasn't been. I just don't. I don't know that Donnarumma would be worth the circus that comes with dealing with Mino on a you know day to day or week to week basis. Uh, Borussia Dortmund are not prepared to sell Jaden Sancho in the January transfer window. That is not a surprise to anybody. I think that's just news for the sake of news. Uh, United captain Harry Maguire will not ask manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for a break, despite a difficult start to the season. I don't think he should ask for a break. I think he should ask to be used properly. I think he should ask to not be left defending massive open spaces because he'll just continue to get exposed. Arsenal want to beat Manchester United to the signing of £35 million Villarreal and Spain defender Pau Torres in January. Pau Torres is a very good centre-back. And if Arsenal do plan to play a, long, uh, a long-term back three, then I could see Pau Torres fitting in well with Saliba and, uh, and Gabriel. I think he'd be a good fit alongside those two. It would give them three young centre-backs that they could build on. Um, he's he's left-footed as well, so either him or Gabriel will play in the middle and the other one to the left-hand side. Probably, You'd probably say to put him in the middle because I think he's the best organiser of the three. Uh, and I think Gabriel's probably a little bit better on the ball. And Saliba's definitely going to be the one on the right because he is really good on the ball, really comfortable stepping out. Uh, yeah, Pau Torres would be a, a very good signing for Arsenal if they could land him. Chelsea have identified Juventus and Argentina forward Paolo Dybala as a potential transfer target. Um, no, they haven't. Nonsense. Just absolute nonsense. Just absolute garbage. This is just his agent attempting to get him a new contract. This is all this is. And they're using the name of Chelsea because they spent a load of money this summer because they have uh, a mega rich owner and they're just throwing his, their name around. Uh, this is a good one. Chelsea were willing to pay Barcelona Ford Lionel Messi one million a week in a two hundred and twenty-five million transfer in two thousand and fourteen, and the Argentine had agreed to join them. And yet, amazingly, it took six years for that story to come out. Six years in in this era of social media of. Here we go of self-promoting spoofers. Somebody wants me to believe it took six years for this story to come out. 
nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Middlesbrough are attempting to sign Yannick Balassi on loan from Everton. I, I really hope somebody does. Balassi, when he was at Palace, was obviously a good player. The move to Everton hasn't worked at all. He was never worth the money they paid for him. But he is a good player. And um, he's been frozen out at Everton, and it's a little bit unfortunate. And he, you know, he's taken to social media a couple of times to say that he is working hard and training hard. But he needs a move, and hopefully, hopefully Middlesbrough is the is the right one for him. A guy can, you know, help him settle into the region. Uh, Joe Roden to Spurs is, you know, 18 million, whatever. Manchester United midfielder Bruno Fernandes has denied criticising Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his teammates when they were trashed 6-1 by Tottenham before the international break. I don't think anyone believes that he didn't do it, but I don't think anyone actually really believed that it was a personal attack. I'm sure he just criticised everybody in general. I wouldn't say he went in on on an individual. Uh, Derby County owner Mel Morris says Philip Koku will not be sacked if the Rams lose to Watford on Friday, as he has also denied reports linking England striker Wayne Rooney with replacing Dutchman. The idea of Wayne Rooney as a manager is just something that makes me laugh all the time. Maybe he'll be good at it, but I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Um, and this this is another one of these great, you know, this almost happened type of stories. Barcelona forward Lionel Messi, defender Jared Piquet, and Manchester United midfielder Juan Mata were all very, very close to signing for Arsenal when they were teenagers, says former Gunner scout Francis Kagagao. I don't know what his surname is. Um, th- this is a guy who was let go, obviously, this year. Uh, to much annoyance, I think, from a lot of Arsenal fans because he'd done a tremendous job there. He was involved in signing uh, Gabriel Mart- Martinelli, William Saliba. Before that, he had uh, been you know, the one who kind of, quote-unquote, discovered Robin Van Persie, Hector Bellerin, Carlos Vela, Alexis Sanchez, Granit Xhaka, Emiliano Martinez, Mikel Arteta, Nacho Monreal, Santi Cazorla, Jose Antonio Reyes, Cesc Fabregas and Lauren. Now, when I say discovered, I mean he was the one that went and watched them play and gave Wenger reports on them. But this is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. This is just him attempting to find his next job um, and trying to, you know, bulk up his CV. Simple as that. Um, Lionel Messi never came close to leaving Barcelona as a teenager. That is well documented, well spoken about that. There was no chance he was ever leaving Barcelona as a teenager. Um, Jared Piquet did leave and went to Manchester United. So if he was very, very close to going to Arsenal, why did he go to United? Uh, and Juan Mata, I mean, maybe, I doubt it, but maybe it, it just it seems like something somebody's made up. Um, final thing then, the EFL have rejected the uh, the small handout from the Premier League, the £50 million or so that the Premier League were offering after they had decided not to go ahead with Project Big Picture for now. I believe we will see a restructuring of the Project Big Picture um, principles and, and suggestions and you know offerings, but for now it's not going to happen. Allegedly, the CEO of Everton has come out and demanded an apology 
from Liverpool and United. She wasn't asking for an apology before the vote, though, just after the vote. That kind of seems like point scoring. Kind of seems like you were all right to go ahead with it, but when it was voted down, then you had an issue and then you wanted an apology, uh, which is, a you know, just bad behavior, that is. Really, it's bad behavior. Uh, and that's it. That is our show for today. Uh, I did, if you'd listened today, wondering what, to, you know, expecting me to uh, do the predictions with Guy as normal, uh, I actually did a tad predictable with Tadiwa this week, so it would have just been redundancy because we would have just been doing the same thing as I did on, on that with Tadiwa. So go check that show out. It's obviously on the same channel as this one. Um, Guy Drinkle will be back next week, though. So don't you worry. You'll get your weekly dose of Drinkle next week. He will be back next Friday as we preview match week six. But for match week five, unfortunately, you have to check out that other podcast. So you have to listen to more of me, uh, which is good for me, bad for you. But that's it. That is our show. Thanks, as always, to Fox Haunt for our title music. Thank you to presenter Guy behind the glass. And thank you to you for listening. Enjoy your weekends. I'll see you Monday. Podcast Network.